Hey everyone. Hi. Hey, so something we wanted to try was to do daily, daily DT sharings over a podcast for you guys. So maybe you can listen to it on the way to work or at home. Hope to encourage and bless you guys through God's word each day. So jumping into the text in verse 3, uh, one thing I was struck by was the picture of God as a sower who actively goes out and keeps sowing the word. He doesn't pick and choose who he will give his word to, but he sows indiscriminately, sowing along the path, the rocky ground, and the thorns. And I was thinking about how this is a picture of God's heart for us. Like a father, God keeps trying to speak to us, instruct us, and urges us to listen, even though many times it doesn't land. So God goes out and sows, but then there's an imperative for us, and that's in verse 3, which says to listen. You know, why is there that imperative? It's because God wants us to hear. As it says in verse 9, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now we all have ears, but we know experientially that just because that we have ears, we don't always hear. And how do we know that? Because we know that sometimes we hear God's word and it really impacts us, but then there are times that we're being distracted or we're not really impacted by the word we don't really feel addressed and we're not moved to some sort of action in response. I think in light of that, we can really understand what if that we can really understand that kind of strange verse in verse 12. Because when we see verse 12, it seems as if God doesn't want people to perceive or to hear, because if they did, they would turn and repent. And I thought the commentary on here was actually quite helpful in the sense that it talks about that this is Isaiah, this is like his prophet's lament. It says that maybe he, when he's speaking this way, it's half of it is in irony, half of it's in despair, all of it is in love. Because what is the prophet's desire is that if they heard God's word, then they'd be able to repent. And therefore, we see God's heart in this passage for each of us to hear and to respond. So now moving on to the four soils, when we look at each of the soils, we see that the issue is not the seed itself, because the seed is powerful. In verses 8 and 20, we see that once the seed finds good soil, it bears fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So then the key question is the condition of our hearts. Are we willing to listen? And the first soil is the path. There's many ways that we can be like the path, but one big way is by being distracted. Even while doing DT, we can be distracted by random thoughts, all the things we need to get done, our phones, the email I forgot to send. Our attention is pulled in so many different directions and it's hard to just focus and to give undivided attention to God's word. So practically, that means we need to fight for that undistracted time with God, finding a time and place, putting away our devices, um, submitting to structure and getting outside help. And the funny thing about uh, this whole thing about distraction is that oftentimes it could actually be good things, things that we need to do that will distract us, things that we're doing for ministry, and it's stuff like, you know, preparing for that course 101 or that Lord of the Rings Bible study that we're preparing for. And then we can get to this place where we feel like, man, I don't really have time right now to journal and I can't find time to pray or do my DT thoroughly. And it's kind of ironic because we're supposed to be doing that for our spiritual life. But we do this all the time. I know for myself, this is something that I fall prey to a lot. And it's interesting, the older I've gotten, this is the soil that I can relate to the most. I've got a message to do or I need to prepare for something and I use that as an excuse in some ways to not pray or to not be focused on what I need to do in my DTs or whatnot and so it's kind of interesting that this happens but it's so sad because when I allow God's word to just hit me and bounce off then it doesn't have an impact and I am not able to really bear fruit. 
The next soil that we see is the rocky soil. And from previous Bible studies, I'm sure we remember that this is rocky soil. It's described this way because underneath the soil, not too far from the surface, are these sheets of rock. And therefore, it says in verse 5, where it did not have much soil. It didn't have much soil because underneath were those rocks that would block, so the roots could not grow deep. And so when that happens, the plant will quickly wither away. So someone who has rocky or shallow soil, they lack depth in their spiritual life. They can hear the word of God. Maybe they even receive it with joy, as it says in verse 16. But then quickly it falls away when something else comes up. Common symptom of someone who's like this is someone who avoids reflection. Maybe they hear God's word, an MBS message, or a DT that's convicting at the time. But if it doesn't grow deeper, if it doesn't actually impact them, when things get hard, it quickly falls away. Yeah, and this is something I can relate to not wanting to reflect because it's hard work. And also it's uncomfortable and painful to confront the truth about the kind of sinner that I am. However, reflection is so important because without it, we can have the appearance of growth and activity for a while, but then become lost to ourselves. And eventually when life gets difficult, our weak foundation gets exposed. So to become good soil, we need to do the hard work of reflection journaling each day, and being honest about the motivations and inner murmurings of our hearts. So next is the thorny soil. And one thing I noticed in verse 7 is that the thorns grow together with the seed. And because these thorns aren't addressed, they choke out God's word. These thorns are our idols, fears about money, our family, the future, desires for comfort and financial security. And these idols are going to grow as well if we stay silent about them and don't deal with them. So we need to regularly bring ourselves to God's word. As Psalm 1 from yesterday, verse 2 says, meditate on God's word day and night. What does that mean? It means to regularly give God that chance to speak to us. It also means that we have to be honest and confess our idols and fears and apply God's word in order to repent. Let's be real. As we get older, man, we get so many struggles with different idols, whether it's financial security, desire for significance, our careers, how to best raise our kids, and all of the fears that go around that, feeling anxious. And it's not about not having idols because that seems to be impossible, but it's really about going back to God's word every single day. So looking at that and to have the right soil, it's a lot of work. You'll be uprooting thorns. You'll be trying to break through the shallow soil and you have to kind of break through the path to be able to hear. It's a lot of work. And sometimes you wonder, why is that even worth it? Well, it is worth it because in the end, if we do, what's God's heart for each one of us as we talked about in the beginning? It's so that he can speak into our lives and we can allow God to help us to be free of those idols because he wants his word to bear fruit in our lives for us to ultimately become like that tree planted in streams of water, yielding fruit that we saw from Psalm 1 yesterday. God wants to bless our lives and he wants to speak for us, for us to hear and to listen to him. So let's allow God to be able to do that. Hope that encourages you guys and we'll talk to you guys another day. Okay, have a good day. Bye. Bye.